We're up to Psalm 145, and very sadly, the last of David's Psalms in, in the Bible. So we've got a five more Psalms after this. We don't know who wrote all of them, but this is the last Psalm of David, a Psalm of praise. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. I will extol your name forever and ever. Great is Yahweh, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will commend your works to another and will declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious majesty of your honour, on your wondrous works. Men will speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They will utter the memory of your great goodness and will sing of your righteousness. Yahweh is gracious, merciful, slow to anger and of great loving kindness. Yahweh is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. All your works will give thanks to you, Yahweh. Your saints will extol you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts, the glory of his majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. Yahweh is faithful in all his words and loving in all his deeds. Yahweh upholds all who fall and raises up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait for you. You give them food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Yahweh is righteous in all his ways and gracious in all his works. Yahweh is near to all those who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. Yahweh preserves all those who love him, but he will destroy all the wicked. My mouth will speak the praise of Yahweh. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever. So that's it, the last of the praise psalms of David. And he says in verse 1, I will exalt you, God, my king, and I will praise your name forever. Well, oh, and he said, I will exalt you, my God, the king. <laughs> well, David was the king, right? But now he's saying, my God, the king. And he says, I will praise your name forever. Yahweh is the king because there's a kingdom. We talk about in the New Testament, you know, we, especially in the Gospels, we talk about you know, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus was always telling parables like, you know, he would say, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, and then tell a parable. Well, there's a kingdom. And it's not a fake kingdom. It's not a figurative kingdom. And it's not a kingdom that's going to happen one day. Some people think um, that the kingdom is like, kind of a figurative thing now, but then one day when we're all in heaven, that's when the kingdom will be. No, I have to tell you that Jesus is a king now. And David called him a king now. When Jesus was on earth, he said, the kingdom is among you. <laughs> so, and he said to Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Now that doesn't mean it's not in the world. It's not of this world. <laughs> And people think, because he said it's not of the world, they think, oh, it's, it's in heaven, you know, it's a kingdom for later. No, it's a kingdom for now, but it's not a kingdom of worldliness. It's not a kingdom that's a political kingdom the way that you think. 
but it's still a kingdom. And he's still a king. And David says, I will praise your name forever. Well, why can he praise him forever? Because the kingdom's an eternal kingdom. It's a kingdom that has already started. Jesus is already sitting on the throne. We're already praising him. One day we will die and be in heaven with him and we will continue to praise him. We will praise him forever. So the kingdom is more theoretical as an idea for most Christians, but yet it's not theoretical at all. It's real. The early believers in the New Testament, they struggled to say Caesar is Lord. There, was, there were times when they had to say that. Sometimes they had to offer a pinch of incense to Caesar on an altar and then say, Caesar is Lord. And a lot of people said, oh, that's no big deal. It's just like a token thing you say. Get it over and done with. But there were a lot of Christians that would not say it because for them, Jesus was the king. So for them, this kingdom was a very real reality. They lived in the kingdom. They were subjects of the kingdom. So yeah, you might be driving around, living this life, breathing the air of earth, and following the rules of this earth, like you know the road rules and stop at the stop sign and you know any other number of rules, things like that. Make sure your kids go to school and pay your taxes. Um, but at the same time, you're a member of God's kingdom. There's another way of living and you're in that. And that's very, very true. So we must always be mindful we have a ruler. Verse six, it says, one generation will commend your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Children, when they grow up, don't know anything about what God has done. We have to tell them. So one generation must commend their works to another and we don't just tell them what's in the Bible. We tell them what God's done for us as well because that needs to be passed on too. Verse six, it says, men will speak of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. Here, in this translation, it says, men will speak of your awesome acts. But in other translations, it says, men will speak of your terrible acts. <laughs> so uh, I think they've gone for the nicer translation here, whereas it's more, it's more leaning towards kind of like awe-inspiring or very impressive, horrible, slightly anxiety, giving acts like there are things that God does sometimes that just are ferocious so we think of like Sodom and Gomorrah we think of the ark you know the splitting of the Red Sea and they went through and then the Egyptians came through and the Red Sea came back and crashed on them you could say those are awesome deeds but you could also say they were terrible deeds both of them so the Lord does judge and you might say thank God he only did it in the Bible days well no he sometimes still does it in our day too and I guess the story of the Titanic is one example that just pops to mind when I think of God's terrible acts. Here's a ship where all these people were saying, God cannot sink it, <laughs> and it sinks on its very first voyage. It, it doesn't seem like it can be anything other than a terrible act of God. It's judgment, that's what it is. And um, some people say, well, why would God judge all those innocent people? Well, if the fact is there weren't innocent people. There are no innocent people and the Lord judges everyone. So we must be very careful to be respectful toward the Lord. Verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. Well, that's what I was saying before. The kingdom of God is an eternal kingdom. He's an eternal king. And therefore we are his, we're not only subjects while we are alive, we are his everlasting subjects. We serve him now and we will serve him later. It's a, it's a different type of kingdom to anything you've ever thought on before. Verse 18, Yahweh is near to those who call on him, 
to call on him in truth. It's not hard to call on him, so let us do that. Father, you are our God. You are our everlasting king, and we are your everlasting subjects, and we call upon you now. Help us, Lord, to always have respect in our heart toward you. Lift us up to know your ways and to serve you with power. In Jesus' name, amen.